Mike, good to see you again. How are you doing today? David, I'm excellent. And I'm really excited about our conversation today. It's uh, it's one of those shows where we're bringing back a former guest. We're bringing back a former partner or a current partner, and we're hearing about their journey. This is this is the part I just love about what we're doing here. How about you? Uh, I think it's going to be exciting too. And for those of you tuning in, the format of the show often sees us have full interviews with people that own a business that that, that have some thing going on or some issue that they maybe want some help with. We also do full episodes with people who help work with small business owners on different areas of specialty. And we match these people up. And tonight is the culmination of one of those. And if you haven't seen the previous episodes with Jeff or Matt, don't worry, we're going to give you enough of the backstory here to be able to follow along to today's episode. But if you go back through this season, you will find an episode where we get to meet Jeff and learn about his business in depth over an hour of conversation. And another conversation where we get to hear Matt's entire story of how he transformed his business and exited from it and how he now works with small business owners as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, uh... It's a great setup. Um, the the interaction, uh, I'm I'm really excited to see. So uh, let's bring uh, let's bring Jeff and Matt in, and let's uh, let's get this this party started. All right, let's open up the curtain, and we've got Jeff and we've got Matt. Welcome again, gentlemen. How are you doing tonight? Good. Awesome. Great to have you back. Um, maybe to to uh, to help those listeners that didn't hear the earlier episode, um, Matt, give us a quick introduction of, of your background and and how you ended up here. Uh, yeah, so I um, I was like a dealership kid, uh, meaning I got my first job at a local General Motors dealership um, back in the early mid '90s and interned with them stayed with them for nearly 11 years and then always wanted to have my own shop eventually my wife and i were able to pull that off about 10 years ago um there was uh like an independent shop that i uh had some equity in and helped run in between those two between the dealership days and uh and my uh, personal shop days and when we got to the end of it uh meaning when we when we built uh eagle automotive our family shop, um, that was the one where uh, that kind of led us to, or led me to where we are today. Um, that's the one that we built and grew and exited from. So that's kind of a quick recap. Excellent. Excellent. And Jeff, tell us a little bit about your business background uh, and what you do. Okay. So I've never really had a, a real job per se. I never was hired by anybody, I guess. So I've kind of entrepreneur, entrepreneur my whole life, I guess. Uh, I used to do siding with my brother, yada, 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 back in the day. That dried up in around 2008. So then I found a guy I knew was doing tile, got into the tile business. Me and one of the other guys started our own company. And in 2016, we split ways and I've been running Elite Tile and remodeling since then. So, so that's where we're at now. And I'm trying to get to the point where I'm not doing all of the work all of the time type of scenario. So. So right. I, I, I suspect your story and, and would strongly encourage um, folks listening to go back and hear it. It's in its entirety will um, definitely resonate for a lot of uh, folks who work in the trades, but absolutely for people who work in any kind of small business where there is that you're, you're at that place of interdependency. So uh, it, Matt, we, we our process, what we do is, you know, we have this this conversation with Jeff. 
And then we look through our, our list of partners and try to make a, a, a match. So the way we do that is, is, is fairly straightforward. We forwarded a copy of the recording over to you, Matt, of, of Jeff's story. Let's start there. What did you see? What did you think? What made you want to get involved? Yeah, um, Jeff's an awesome guy. And so talking with him on the phone, you know, seeing, seeing his video, his story, um, actually sounded a lot like my own in many ways. Um, the majority of the time that I was in business and then even prior to that, you know, working with um, another owner and having some ownership in uh, a company prior to my own, um, it just seems like that's the norm, you know, where, um, you know, an owner is, is just wearing all the hats and doing all the things, right? And so, you know, the, the thing I, I remember, I think Jeff from our first telephone call was like, you're like, hey man, how do I not work like 40 hours like in the office and then like 40 hours in the field <laughs> in the same week, you know? Right. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. Um, and I think that's kind of the, uh, that's the hot button, right? Like that's, I think you you alluded to that, Mike, just a, a moment ago. Like that's where most of our owners and entrepreneurs get jammed up. Um, they just, they are the business. They take on so much. Um, a lot of them are good at it, uh, strangely enough. I don't know that I was, but like, you know, they can, they can actually make it go and, and, balance that and you know and part of jeff's story is like hey we do okay this thing is like working you know like if we need um if we need money as a family we have money you know there's there's this horror stories and I'm, I'm probably going a little too long on this but like there's the horror stories where it's the opposite too jeff you know where it's like hey we're doing 80 hours a week and we're flat broke and we don't know if we're going to be able to pay x y or z bills personally or for the business and so um yeah, so that that was kind of the thing that kind of grabbed a hold of me when he's like, "Hey, how do we do that?" And then the second piece, I think, also in that first conversation um, between Jeff and I was, he, he goes, "Hey, all my guys are contract workers," and I was like, "Oh, cool. That's that's another uh, layer and level of complexity that um, is exciting." And so those just solving for those two things now, you know, how do we stop working a million hours a week doing everything? And then how do we create um, an environment and a business where we draw the contract workers in as employees and true teammates and show them the upside to that versus what they're used to doing now? So, I'll, I'll, Sure, sure. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Did you feel going into it based on, uh, on the watch of the initial um, video that you had a sense for problems that needed to be addressed, opportunities that you saw. And, and I guess the question really for both Matt and Jeff is, is, is how, how did, how did that first call go? What, what was it exploration? Was it, I mean, Jeff, what about for you? What, what did you, what did you see in that first call? Yeah, basically, I think we're just kind of getting a feel for each other a little bit. And, you know, he kind of right away, he kind of said a couple things that I didn't even think about, like the, the contractors versus employees type of thing. And, uh, so I really had to think about that for a while. And, you know, I'm still trying to iron all that stuff out at the moment. But, uh, but yeah, there, that, that's one thing I remember where I kind of, I wasn't expecting that, but I, it makes sense after he kind of explained it to me. And uh, yeah, I would say the first time, the first phone conversation, 
just kind of get to know you, kind of talk about each other's story a little bit, and then just kind of hit on a couple key points, basically, and how the business is running, maybe what some ideas could be going forward. Sure. Yeah, one thing that that popped into my head, or, or just kind of remembering back to our first conversation as well, Jeff, was like, hey, um, how many guys do you lose? You, you might remember this question. Yep, yep. It's like I was like, Jeff, how many guys do you? I, I'm trying to remember. You have six roughly yeah, six guys six in your team. Them, yep. yep. So six contract workers, and I was like, hey man, how many guys do you lose when you break the news that hey, we're gonna like really open up this enterprise and bring everybody on as like employees and true teammates and start, you know, building that piece of, you know, kind of pivoting to that, that new culture, who stays, who goes. And, uh, and I, I was, I was like terrified to ask the question because, you know, the truth could have been all like they're, they're all gone. And I think you told me one guy, right. You're like, definitely, definitely one dude, um, and, and that was like, I think that really, to me, spoke to you as the operator of the business and the relationships that you already have and the way that you're already leading them, you know, with humility and, and a desire for real relationships. And so I was like, oh, this is cool. I think this can go, you know, if you can, you can retain, you know, 80%, 85% of the, these guys. Um, awesome. Let's, let's keep going. Right. Interesting. Now I remember the first conversation we had with Jeff. We 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 explored this a little bit, the the contractor aspect of the of the people that you have working with you. And and we talked about it quite a bit. And obviously the attraction to having subcontractors uh working for your company is that it, it's sort of a risk mitigation kind of strategy, right? I mean, if you have work for them to do, they come and do the work. But at the same time, they're very aware that they're only working with you for that one contract. And of course, they're always thinking about how they're going to pay their bills. Um, Matt, do you want to address this a little bit, the, just the, the broad topic of employees versus contractors and why this was one of the very first things you wanted to bring up with Jeff? Yeah, I, I, um, I just could not have... Let, let me refer. I'm trying to think this through. I don't want to make like ultimate declarative statements here. I don't think that I could have um, built my business to what it was without that the team really attached to the entity of the business the way that they were. So there was never any, I'm just trying to think of some examples here that are like um, pertinent, but like, you know, there were times when I would bring an idea or a concept to the team and they'd be like, they'd be like, whoa, man, that's, that seems like maybe not the best move for this business. Um, because they were really attached to it. They really, they really had, you know, uh, ownership, not true points in the business, but they took ownership right. of their positions in the company. And so like, if I was going off the deep end with like, Hey, we're going to go, and become a hybrid, you know, battery pack remanufacturer here in the middle of Indianapolis. And I'm going to dump all this. I've got this cash. And, and they were just like, no, man, we see like two hybrids a year. Why would you do that? You know, because I'm so focused on trying to grow and push. And I guess what I'm trying to, to answer that, David, would be, you know, if if they were just contract guys and I 
maybe I, maybe I wouldn't talk to them about it. Maybe I wouldn't bring that to them. And if I did, maybe they would have um, a less uh, business centric um, perspective on whatever that decision is, or I don't know that, I, I don't know. I, it, I just loved that they owned that thing, man. And then they would grab a hold of it and drive it and grow it. Um, and so that's why to me, when I, when Jeff and I were talking, um, that was kind of like almost, almost thing. Number one for me is to like build that team and really attach it to elite and make that actually make that team elite tile. So um, it's, it's like, if you're, if you have a team that are employees, you're all in this boat together. I mean, while they don't, you know, specifically own part of the company, they certainly right. have a vested interest in, in the success of the business for their continued employment. Right. With with the contractors, you're dealing with people who always have one foot out of the boat. They, I, I think they, that's exactly right. right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. One thing that Matt said to me is he said, he said, if you're outside looking in at your business, he's like, you don't actually have a business if they're not all employees. If you leave, they all scatter basically, and it's not it's not a cohesive unit basically. So, so I totally agree with him on that. Like outside looking in, you look at it. If you have employees. If I can step away from the business, that business still exists because those people are all part of that business now versus just independent people that are doing work for the business. That's Jeff, right, Jeff. Jeff, when you heard that topic, when, when, when you guys had that conversation, did this strike you as primarily an administrative problem to be solved? Or did, did you see that this would fundamentally impact how you guys interacted and how you did what you did? I, is it just a paycheck versus an independent contractor payables cut or was there more to it than that? It's, it's a little bit of both. I think a lot of, I mean, a lot of the guys, most of them, you know, they, they operate basically as employees for the most part. I mean, they don't, they're not doing a lot of their own projects. They're basically doing all their work through me for the most part, you know? So, so they operate a lot like employees, but there's always like that weird, you know, stepping on toes or you don't want to cross the line because, you know, they're not really your employees. You can't just say, well, you got to go do this today instead because that's what needs to get done. You know I mean? They will, but the way you have, you almost have to ask them permission to do it versus you're not necessarily steering the ship. You're just trying to guide some people in the right direction that works for you. So, mm -hmm. so, so at first when he said that, I'm like, ah, I don't know. That's kind of, you know, they're all kind of this, you know, we all have this, oh, we're self-employed, you know, you're, right off my truck and right off this stuff, you know, and all that stuff, you know, so, so, uh, selling it to them. And I think it would, I don't think it would be hurt any of them at all to be employees. I think, you know, in the end of the day, it's probably better for everybody if they are actually employees and we're all under one umbrella. But, uh, but I think trying to explain that to them is going to be, you know, most of them it's okay. And I've already talked to a lot of them about it, but, uh, but some of them are going to have issues with that. You know, they, they like that independence or that, that fact that they own their own business, you know, whether or not it operates as a true business or it's, you know, or however it is, you know, they still, they still take some amount of pride in that. And they like that. They feel like there's a little more freedom there and things like that. So, so with the couple, there's a couple guys, you know, that will be on the fence about it. And that's going to be the, the hurdle there, I think. But, but the rest of them, I think they, they understand. I mean, it's basically going to be business as usual, and it's just going to be, you know, behind the scenes, the, the way they get paid and the way their taxes are taken care of are just basically the only differences. So. Interesting. Interesting. So that was something that came out on the first call. What, what other topics were bubbled up to the surface right away? 
Uh, one that we recently talked about, which I'm, I actually have a meeting on Wednesday to take care of this, hopefully, mm. is that uh, my books are, my books, obviously, I'm doing everything and I'm not a, I'm not a books guy. So my books are <laughs> in great shape and uh, when I, I need to be able to sit down and look at and know where I'm at, basically, on a day-to-day -day basis. Right now, if you go to my books, you have no, you have no idea what's going on, basically. So, so I'm meeting with the CPA on Wednesday, and uh, they do a bookkeeping service and kind of all-in-one type of scenario. So I'm going to try to try to get that handed off to someone that knows what they're doing, so everything's clean and readable, and I actually have an idea of what all the numbers are mm. at all points in time. Mm. Matt, why was that important from your perspective? Guys, I looked at a business today uh, that's for sale. And so this is just kind of interesting timing, Jeff. Um, they show uh, really like large, large losses for like 1920, 19 to 20, I think, and 21. Maybe it's just 20 and 21, doesn't matter at this point. And then suddenly the owner decides that he wants to sell it now. And you wouldn't believe the amount of profit that this business puts off suddenly this year, you know? And so, you know, again, just like being able to press that button and know where you're at concurrently day to day and getting in a good habit of understanding cash flow. Um, you know, Jeff and I have like similar like blue collar backgrounds and neither one of us have MBAs, but we joked around kind of in some of the early calls like, hey, man, can you do pluses and minuses? Okay. Cause that's, that's kind of, that's kind of where this goes, you know? <laughs> and, uh, he's like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool. Me too. Um, but that's the thing, Jeff, like I'm looking at this business. I had to call this broker back and just say, Hey, and there's more to it than that, but it, there's so much funny business inside this guy's books. And then of course, when we want a little bit more information, um, and push a little harder to the seller, you know, then he has to like, point over to the office manager and say, well, I never really like did the books. This person over here did. And it's like, no one has an answer as to why we're, I mean, there are answers and, you know, David and Mike see this stuff all the time, but like, you know, to go from catastrophic losses year over year to suddenly you're, 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 you've got to walk off grand slam for 2022 and nobody knows why is, is bad. Right. Um, and that's I think that's uh, valuable just to kind of tuck in your back pocket. Um, if you plan on keeping your business, you know, until your last breath on planet Earth or if you do want to actually um, sell it someday. But man, clean books. So attractive to everybody. And it's really it, it's even attractive to you, Jeff. You yeah. know, like when you get on top of it, you're just going to be like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. Am I um, really making money when I do yeah. these projects? Right. Yeah. Am I paying these people enough or too much? How it, How do we get there? How do we get there as small business owners? Because it is such a chronic condition. How uh, is it? We're just too busy with other things. I because I, I've been there, right? I mean. It's hard to say because for me right now, like I was saying before, is that we're kind of too small to have a full-time employee that just does your books and all your office work and all that stuff. But we're too big to not have somebody be in charge of that stuff all the time. Right. So I think you just kind of got to, you know, if you're going to build a business and you want it to be a business, you probably just have to take that as a cost of doing business. Like that's part of your budget is you just have to build that into your 
pricing and everything, you know, pay mm -hmm. someone to take care of all that stuff, whether it's full-time, part-time, or as a third party. Because I think I don't, if you don't know the numbers, which I mean, I have an idea what the numbers are, but I don't know the dollars and cents, you know, I don't, I don't know it down to the line and you can't make real good decisions if you don't really know what the numbers are yeah. and you're getting all these jobs out. It's like, should I be adding 5% on? Because I think I'm making that extra 5%, but in reality, I'm not, you know, like you don't, you don't know, it's not going to probably make or break your business and whether or not you get the job, but it might make or break your business on whether or not it's profitable. Right. There's uh, a, um, point. another thing too, for, and that I want to throw this out here to all you guys. Um, and this happened to me. And then I watched it happen to a friend who opened up uh, a clinic. Uh, so his first business, um, and you go, I think some of it back to Mike's question a moment ago. I think some of this is like, you know, a guy like Jeff and I are out, you will, Jeff's the exception. He's never had a, he's never worked for anybody else, but like for me, Hey, I'm going and doing this job and I'm making good money. And maybe I'm, I'm seeing these $2,000 paychecks roll in working for somebody else. Like, wow, I'm making, I cracked the six figure mark. You know, I'm really doing something. And, and then you go and create a business and as cash flow starts to increase, regardless of like where it's going, suddenly you see 10 and $15,000 roll in, in a week's time. And in a way that like you're hillbilly rich, you know, like that just solved, that solved everything. And so I just, I did it for a while and I had to get off of it. Um, I recognized it as, as, you know, pretty negative pretty quickly. And then I've, I've seen some other small, small business owners do the same thing. It's like, well, geez, I'm going to go buy that new Ford Raptor now. Like I've got so much money. And it's like, you're just slinging. Yeah. You're, you're so like, um, enamored with the cash flow when you crack that code, if you have cash flow. But once you crack that code, you're like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. You know, 15 grand a week flowing in into my coffer with no concept of where any of it's going, right? You just know that it's coming in. And so it's like, well, geez, I was living on 1500, you know, just the other month. And now I've got, you see where this is going. It, you get right. like drunk on, on the cash flow without really having your arms wrapped around it. Um, anyway, well, so that's just an experience I had and I've seen it as well. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I'll explain the trap that I so often see guys like Jeff fall into is that when you don't have those books in proper order, you get into a scenario that Matt was just describing where you're making more sales. You're maybe you're taking deposits on work that hasn't been done yet. Mm. You're, you're, you've got all this money coming in and, and you know, all you see is the bank balance. And because you're ordering more and you're getting bigger and you're, you, a lot of this cash is flowing and you're paying your bills on time with your suppliers, guess what? Supplier ABC says, hey, you know what? You don't have to use your credit card every time. We can give you a 30-day charge account. And then all of a sudden you have a month where you don't have to put out that bill and your bank account grows even more. That's usually when the Raptor purchase comes out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then... All of a sudden, now you do have to start paying that, you know, the, the building supply company's invoice on 30 days. And all of a sudden now things start to tighten in a weird way. And you're like, geez, I'm going to be short on cash for this bill. Instead of figuring out why you don't have the money for the jobs you're working on, you say, well, I'll just sell another job and collect a deposit from someone. And then what ends up happening is you actually end up in a negative equity position. You're technically insolvent, but there's still enough cash flowing to keep your surfboard moving a little bit. 
and yeah. and and that's and without the proper financial statements you can't actually stop and look am i bidding these things properly and you either have to have it set up properly by period or by project right am i making money on each project or did i make money in the this month right and and you know financial statements people don't like them but and people don't like the effort and the cost you know jeff you were just talking about the expense of having them created but foremost, they were initially invented and created by people over the course of hundreds of years so that managers can make decisions. It's the, it's the critical feedback loop of information that allows managers to make decisions. Most people, though, wouldn't take the time to make them, but because they have to pay taxes, they begrudgingly do it in the end. Right. But by having them up to date and current, you get to use them for their original purpose. The other thing that that happens too, really rapidly, David, is that um, inside all of that, you begin to pull more cash out of the business, and it feels good. Mm-hmm. And there's people that are usually attached to you in life, maybe a, a a significant other or children, and they like when daddy is bringing that that <laughs> amount of bacon home, right? Well, then when when it when it all gets called, like David was referring to, it's like, and that can take. In my case, that can actually go for about a year mm-hmm. in some cases, you know, where you're just the surfboards moving and you're still pulling that that uh, income that feels real good out of the business. And then your CPA says, hey, you realize you took a loan from this business this year. Well, what are you talking about? Like you took so much cash out in various in cash and credit that you actually like you owe the money business or you owe the, the business money. And it's like, wait, what? Like it can get so upside down so fast. Um, and so that's, that's another piece of that, uh, that trap. So anyway, yeah, absolutely. No, been great, there, that. great points. It's, uh, all right. So that's, that's the first call. Are those the major issues that you guys discussed in that first call or was there more? Yeah, basically I think, uh, I think that's basically it. You know, I learned one time that he does jujitsu. That was pretty cool because I'm into all that stuff too. So that, that was a point. But yeah. And we uh, we basically got to know, like, throughout the calls, basically, he got to know who some of the people on my team are. And we kind of, you know, let's say we kind of strategize maybe how to use each person a little bit kind of to our advantage okay. or at least positions they could potentially take on that would help the business mm-hmm. grow. So interesting interesting so before we go there jeff though okay so you hang up the phone on the first call did you see your business differently at that point was it that immediate or to talk a little bit about about that part you, you hang up the phone and how does it feel what, yeah, what, so what what are you thinking so basically i got off the phone i'm like oh yeah that makes sense you know and i started basically from then on started looking at my business from an outsider's perspective versus from the driver's seat so because ultimately for it to be good for me it has to look good from the outside too so so if i'm in here like we're saying we don't you don't know how much money you have you want to buy that truck there's all this cash there you could buy that truck yada 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 but when you're looking at it from the outside you can probably see some of those concerns that you don't see from the inside so so i think since that initial phone call i've basically changed my point of view on the business as a from an outsider's perspective looking in and trying to figure out what should it be doing? What should it look like? How do I want it to look from this position versus 
from the guy who's frantically running around just trying to make everything happen every day. Sure. Interesting. Interesting. So, so then you had a better idea of what you wanted it to look like. So this is what gave, has given you a, a target or something to be aiming for. Right. Yeah. It's, it's basically, and then that's, that's also creates motivation to make the changes that need to happen because I feel like if I wasn't to do that and look at it from the outside of the state inside here, just kept my, my original perspective. I'd be like, all right. You know, and like Matt's talked about that with me too. He's like, you get used to it. This is good enough. I can live with this. It's going all right. We'll just kind of keep it going. You know, you don't, you don't have an urgency to make any changes. Basically, you just, you know, it's, it's maybe one day I'll, I'll implement this or that or the other thing. But if I can keep my perspective on the outside looking in, then I can see, all right, this is what it needs to look like. If it doesn't look like that yet. So, so I need mm. to keep pushing in this direction. I, I love that perspective piece. How, how, how important as you went into this, Jeff, and as you started talking through these things, was the the motivation of the ultimate goal because right in our first conversation you're talking about gee i i don't want to lay tile in 10 years right. i don't, I don't want to be the guy down on my knees doing this and this i mean how big of a factor because some of these changes we're talking about are not ins insignificant right how right. big of a factor because again our, our goal here is a, is around that exit space and i'm just wondering how that influenced your how you perceived the conversations. I think the way I look at it is because I'm not, you know, exiting is fine. That's not necessarily 100% the goal. My goal basically is to not be busting my butt every day, all day. I want to live my life as well. So yep. like I said, I have four little kids. I want to know who their friends are. Remember their teachers' names, all that type of stuff, you know? Yep. So, so I think the two things align basically. So whether or not I sell the business or not, at the end of the day, I needed to run in a way that it's sellable or that it makes sense to someone from the outside because that will take all of the hours off of me. Absolutely. Say, you know? and, and I would call what you just described, Jeff, an exit. Yeah. Right. It, it, it's about me being able to have a different relationship with my business on an ongoing basis that doesn't require 80 hours a week. Correct. Yeah. And so how did, how are you going to stay focused on that? Did you write a description or create a sketch or do you have something written down that describes what it is exactly you're aiming for here? Kind of. I, a lot of it's mental. I'm not kind of a mental guy, I guess, but I do have notes everywhere and I have, you know, Matt's notes on my side over here, you know, <laughs> my last conversation on a little sticky pad over here. So I kind of I keep it in the office. So it's kind of tagged up there at eye level so I can, you know, I can kind of see it and I'm like, all right, I got it. That's right. I got to stay on that track there. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, that I, I would say staying motivated. I just, I kind of know at this point how I want it to look and, you know, every day it's like, all right, is it, is it getting closer to that or not? And, and that's kind of my motivation, I guess. Sure. So just kind of constantly, I wake up every day. What's, am I getting closer or farther from where I want to be today? Mm. Love that. I, I have a, a quick thing to, to slam in here, guys. And Mike, you'll remember this from when uh, when I was approached by a uh, by the the group that bought my business. I we had gotten so serious for I don't know, probably over a two or three year period towards the end of getting to the point where you want to get with your business. You know where the team is running it, where it's we've kind of you know uh, decentralized, meaning like not everything, very few things running through me versus everything running through me and a uh, strong leadership team. And it was just such a, such a great experience 
of ownership that when uh, we were going through negotiations to sell the business and the buyers were were coming in and out, Mike and I were talking at that time and we would just kind of chuckle and not arrogantly and not with like pride or anything like that, the wrong kind of pride, but like, hey, what a great spot to be in. You know, like I can, we can retain the business and still, you know, have a good, a super good balance in life um, as far as like time and money that, that can flow to our family or yeah, we could sell this thing. And I think that's, uh, you know, as far as like, Jeff, your comment of like, Hey, I don't know if I even want to sell it. Um, it's, it's great to have the option. Um, but you got to get that enterprise built and solid with your team first, you know, um, then you can sit back and you and I can be having coffee on a Thursday morning talking about like, these guys want to buy it, but like, I don't even know if I want to sell it. And it's like, right. cool. What a great, what a great spot to be in. Um, that's such you know. a great illustration, Matt, because I, I think it's fair to say you exited your business before you ever sold your business in many ways, yeah. right? Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, so Jeff, now that you have a better idea of where you're going, you just, you just mentioned that, you know, you're able to see if you're heading towards that or away from that every day. Uh, have you laid out any kind of plan or, or do you have an idea of what things you want to be addressing first? You, you just mentioned, you know, putting different people in different positions potentially as you build out your organization. Um, do you have a focus on the order of things and how you want to knock these things out? Yeah, a little bit. So we kind of, I kind of have the guy in mind that I, uh, I feel like is probably our best option for, you know, taking on a little more of a leadership role. And uh, basically I've come to the conclusion I probably need to grow a little bit next year. So I'm gonna try to look for a new guy uh, probably in January here. And then Bryce is my, my guy I'm talking about. He's going to take on kind of a trainer position. So he's going to train the new guys in because Bryce, Bryce, a rock star at work. So if we can replicate Bryce, that's what we want to do. So Time will tell if, you know, that's a good fit for Bryce or not. And I kind of have to figure out how all the details of, you know, the, the pay and all that's going to go. But uh, but that's kind of my first goal. And I think we're going to try to go, you know, after the end of the year here, I'm going to try to get the employee thing kind of on track to go get everybody in that in that realm. So so we'll all be on the same page there. And then, like I said, we're I'm meeting with the with the CPA on Wednesday. So we'll try to get them and I'll, you know, take their input on what they, you know, tell me with any of that stuff costs of employees and all that other stuff. And we'll figure it out from there and kind of hash out the details. But, but that's kind of my projected plan for the next, you know, few months here, I think. That's interesting. <clears throat> it raises an interesting question from my perspective. There's a lot of people in the planning space that would push back and say, boy, you should have 27 dominoes lined up and, and, and no one after the other, after the other, Matt, David, Jeff, how many? How, how far ahead should Jeff be planning relative to the changes he wants to make in the business? Because we know small business owners have to stay flexible, but if we don't, if we don't know the path, what, what's your approach, Matt, when you're talking with Jeff, how far out are you looking? So I think we kind of took the approach of still focusing on like the why for the team. You know, like Jeff has his why, um, why he wants to make these changes. And, you know, he and I had some candid conversations about like the importance of that, but like really almost that almost doesn't matter compared to the why for the team. And so as, as far as like a number of dominoes, 
I don't know, man. I This is a, a spot that I struggle with immensely, even with the other owners that I work with, other businesses that I work in. Um, and I think what you were maybe driving at is like, you know, I had a, I had a, a mentor that would, that would tell me, Hey, you've got to have a lot more people on your team than you think you need period. And I just never really liked that. Like I liked going deep into the relationships and growing, growing my folks, the guys and gals and giving them more opportunity and, and showing them the, the path to, um, kind of the next level for them too. And so all that to say, um, you know, looking at a guy, I think it was Bryce, right, Jeff, that yep. where it was like, hey, he's, I think he's, is he 40 or coming up on 40 years yeah, old? Yeah, he just turned 40, yep. Yeah, so, you know, we like trying to like come at it from the angle of, of Bryce's why. And it's like, hey, Bryce, you know, you can make this amount of money and continue to just like, like clack off good year over good year for like, what, five, maybe 10 more years. And your back and your knees are smoked. You're 50, you're a 50 year old guy. Um, or we can pivot together and create, you know, a leadership structure inside of this enterprise, inside of elite, where you're duplicating yourself. And this is what the compensation package looks like, you know, in perpetuity, or just here's the trajectory, here's a different way to go for five or 10 years or whatever that looks like. Um, so I, I'm going, I'm taking a long way around the mountain here, Mike. It, for me, it's always comes back to the why for the team. And it would be tough to get too many, for me as a leader, to get too many dominoes packed in there and still be focused on the why when I really care about the relationships that I have. Love that. I don't know. Maybe that's the wrong way to look at it, but that's no, I love kind that. of where I. I'm kind of in the I, same boat on that one. Yeah. Yeah. So I, the, the short answer is I don't know. It's <laughs> <That's> so <laughs> yeah. hard. It's so hard, but like, I think it's going to come back to, to Jeff's humility and his, his relationship, his desire to have real relationships um, that makes him a leader. And then, um, you know, focusing on and helping to establish the team members, why individually, and then like as an entire group. And man, I think you're just going to freak and go like a rocket. I really do. Thanks. Love that. David, any thoughts on the planning piece? Well, I, I mean, I think Jeff needs to move as fast as he can to get himself into a position where he can free up five or six hours a week that are going to be his time to work on these business issues. And the, the biggest challenge you have is just the number of hours you're putting in covering all these different things. And so things like the meeting you're going to have where you're going to look at hiring someone to do your bookkeeping, well, that'll take something off your plate. If you can, you know, pass on some training duties to to someone on your team, if you can have someone on the team start to take more of a foreman kind of role where they're doing some of the supervisory stuff that you're doing, all of those things that you can do to win back part of your time, that's to me is the first sprint. Because once you have five or six hours of time that you literally can just block off in your calendar to be, this is the time I spend thinking about my business this is the time I spend, you know, implementing new things or planning out new things or how I'm going to reorganize things. That's the investment that's going to really pay off dividends long-term. Right. I was actually having a conversation with my brother. He's like, I took a day today to just be at home and think about 
how everything's going. And he said, that's where you make all the money and that's where you make all the right decisions. He's like, it's not out there busting your tail. He's like, it's, it's planning it, you know, and, and he's right. Yeah. I think. So you have to, you have to allow time to kind of get yourself in line and know where you're going so that you can make the right move every day instead of just chase your tail. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. That intentionality to the process that, uh, uh, so, Jeff, what's been as as the calls have taken place and as as the process has been ongoing, what would you call out as some of the biggest changes for you in terms of perspective? What how are you looking at things differently today compared to three months ago? So three months ago, maybe I was looking at, all right, how do we get more work done? Right. That was the that was basically the whole goal. We need to get more work done. If I was going to get another guy, it would be just to get more work done. Right. And I think my perspective now is how do we get the ship to sail more smoothly, basically? So so we have the guys that we have. How do we efficiently use everybody, including myself? where before I would be out on, I'd have my own jobs I'm doing. So I'm in the field all day long, trying to answer phone calls or do whatever else has to happen. So I'm not really getting anything done in the field. I'm doing a, you know, half-assed job at the clerical part of it, you know? So basically in the last month or so, I've tried to remove myself from, from being in charge of a physical on-site job and mm-hmm. kind of try to run more behind the scenes stuff and make sure that everything's where it needs to be. And I'm available for, for calls and things like that. And, it's hard for me to do because I'm a hands-on guy and I want to do the work. And that's the part I love about what I do is the actual physical work. I don't like being in the office and doing all that stuff, you know? So, so it's hard for me to make myself do that, but it's, uh, I can already tell just incrementally, you know, things are running smoother. Things are getting done in a more efficient pace and manner. So it's not, it's not worthless for me to, actually step back and focus on something that maybe I'm not as good at, but it still needs to happen. So, mm. so yeah, I guess basically I'm just trying to, I'm trying to allot some of that time, like you said, to working on the business, not just me working in the business every day. And then hopefully somewhere in the cracks, I can make it happen. You know, I'm, I'm trying to actually allow myself to have designated time to do that during the day. That's, that's amazing. I love that. It, it, it's uh, I, and what I'm particularly struck by is the part where you are missing the hands-on work, right? right. I, I, because that's how, how so many of us get into business is we do this thing and we do it for ourselves now. And we're talking about changing it so that you don't do that thing anymore right. or certainly not nearly as much. I mean, is that, is that going to work, Jeff? I think so. I hope so. (laughs) No, I think so. I mean, I think in order to grow, that's the only way I can do it. You know, I can't, I, I must, you know, unless I somehow find someone else who I can hire to run the whole show better than, than I can, you know, I mean, which which probably isn't the case anyways, because I don't want to give up all that control somebody else. But, but uh, yeah, I think that's just the, you know, that's the natural progression of growth, I think for me. Yeah, well, it's so, hard to figure how you wouldn't do that and and still be on your knees, right? It, it, right. It's, um, well, and I mean, I like doing it, but I don't like doing it as much as I used to like doing it. You know, it, <laughs> it, it hurts more now. So, so I think I've I've come to the realization that you know I'm I'm mortal and I, I actually have to have to take into account that I can't physically do all the things that at least the way I used to be able to do them. So sure. 
So Jeff, I had a, a realization when I was on the shop floor and I, I realized I needed to get off the shop floor and that I was actually holding current team members back and the next guy that I needed to hire back by being out there and doing that break job and that timing belt. Like there's a young guy that needed to, the opportunity to come in into that bay and start wrenching, you know, so that he can be the next you or the next me, you know? And I was actually like, I started kind of looking at it like it was almost selfish in a way for me to do that work. Um, it didn't mean that I couldn't be there to answer questions or whatever. Um, and the team got so much better at it anyway. <laughs> they blew my doors off. They, they far exceeded anything that I could ever do. Um, but that was a huge turning point for me when I realized that like I was actually like keeping, you know, particularly commissioned based team members like you have, like I'm doing their work. Like, what do they actually think about me being out here doing their work? And right. it just occurred to me, I was like, oh, maybe this isn't the best, the best optics, you know, for my team. Hey, would you guys, would somebody like to do this job? Yeah, yeah, I'll do that job. That's a good job. <laughs> oh, well, crap. Well, then I should go do something else. And then when you think about hiring that next guy or those, those extra dominoes, I think that Mike was talking about, um, you kind of have to get out of the way a little bit, you know, and, and let somebody else step in there. Um, and then come to the realization that somebody else can actually lay tile better than you. And right. that's really hard. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> that's kind of, that's what I've come like in the last about a year ago, probably, you know, I it used to be, you know, I, I couldn't let that guy do it. I had to go, they, they said, yeah. They used to get mad at me for touching their tile all the time. You know, I'm yeah. <laughs> touching my tile, you know, and I, uh, I've, uh, I've let that go. And to be honest with you, theirs probably looks a lot better than mine sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, you just have to, I, I've learned to have faith in the team that they can do what they're, what they're supposed to be doing out there. And they, and I'm, I am lucky. I have a great team. So, so I got to capitalize on that. And I want to, like we we're saying, you know, we want to, what's everybody's why I want to make it a win-win for everybody. And I don't want to hold them back because I can't grow myself in this position. So if I'm just out there doing all the work all the time, they're stuck doing whatever it is they're doing. They're not going farther either because yeah. the business isn't growing. So, yeah, that's awesome. It's amazing. Uh, Jeff, I'd like to ask you about the sort of experience working with a coach. So, the, the things that you and Matt discussed, how much of it was new information or concepts that you didn't know before Matt talked with you about them versus how much stuff you kind of knew you were supposed to be doing, but you weren't stopping to address before you started talking with Matt? Great right. Question. So I'd say it's a combination of both. Like there's a lot of things. I mean, I try not to think I'm too smart, but not too stupid either. So I, I kind of know... Uh, I kind of know what it should probably look like. I have an idea of why businesses are successful and not successful and all that stuff. So, and I know the trap, like we talked about earlier, like you're self-employed, you work with your hands, you get stuck just doing your job and that's just your job. You don't actually own a business. You just own a job. So I, I knew about all that stuff. What I probably needed the help with was just, I needed to open my mind up and hear what someone else's perspective was on how I get from where I'm at doing, just owning the job to owning the business because I knew that's where I wanted to be, but like probably tons of people in my position, they have no idea what that means or how to get there. So, so when I'm talking with Matt, there's a lot of things where like, all right, I guess I never thought about that as an option. That actually makes a lot of sense now that you explain it to me that way. And, you know, so, so I think that's been probably, you know, the most important thing, but you also have to, I had to make sure I had an open mind. A lot of 
small business owners, you know, hey, I, I do it my way. They're a small business owner because they don't want anyone telling them what to do, right? So you kind of have to check your ego at the door and, and have an open mind and, and you know, you don't maybe have to use everything that they say, but you probably should at least consider everything that they're saying. So, so I thought it was, I, it's been a great experience. I mean, it's just, if I just think about it every day, we have phone, I'm like, all right, let's try to soak it in, you know, and, and I think about it and then I'll go back to it, revisit the next day and kind of look at my notes and be like, all right, if that does make sense, I get it now, you know? So, so would you say it's 50, 50 then? Probably. And, and I think the 50 that I already probably knew about, it's like, you know about them, but they're sitting there on the back burner, you know, one day maybe that, you know, I'll address that. So now here we are, we're engaging the conversation about it. What are we going to do about it? How are we going to get there? So now it's in the front, you know, now, now it's a, now it's a priority more than something maybe someday that you should be doing. Okay. And so is, is the fact that maybe you've got another call with Matt booked, one of the things that kind of motivates you to make sure you're thinking about this stuff? Is it because you don't want to have to say to him, yeah, I haven't even looked at anything this week. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> that's part of it, I guess. But I mean, I, I'm, I'm fairly motivated with it either way, I think. Um, I think that it helps me not get lost in the day to day, knowing that mm -hmm. we're going to have another conversation about it, you know, where I, I like, all right, I do have to keep that in front of my mind and not push it back there. So, so yeah, maybe it's not so much that I don't want to have to have him chew me out because I didn't do anything about it. But at <laughs> least it, uh, I don't think he would do that anyway. But uh <laughs> So I'm, yeah, I'm just, it, it, I'm just it gives me the motivation, I'm, I guess. Yeah. I'm trying to uh, understand sort of the value drivers of why, you know, people enter into these coaching relationships and then stay with them for a long time. You know, and it sounds like it's a combination of new information and the conversations facilitate, make it easier or give you or help you motivate yourself better to actually be working on these things because you know that you're, you're going to be continuing to have these conversations. Right. So yeah. It's sort of like information and accountability for that affair. Yeah, for sure. Yep. I agree. Okay. And I think it's great to have someone, you know, I don't know how to do this. What do you think about this idea? No, that's a horrible idea. I don't think you should do that. Like we actually had last time we talked, I said, well, I was thinking about doing this. Like, don't do that. You're just going to make more of a mess out of the situation. <laughs> well, <laughs> only because I've already made the mess. Yeah. <laughs> so what, so, but, but here's, here's a, another question I have then for you, Jeff is uh, like, amongst your friends that you might people you know socially like how many others are, of them are business owners well you, i just told you how much i work i don't have social right going on, you know, so. yeah no uh well like oh, my family is you know they my brother's entrepreneurial like that you know there there's a lot of that going on and to be honest a lot of the friends a lot of the people that work for me were my friends before they worked for me so I mean, a lot of my social life is definitely intertwined with work, you know, and a lot of the people that we do jobs for are also kind of socially, you know, your friends, they're not necessarily just your clients. So, so I would say, I mean, I'm around a lot of business owner type of people, okay, but not a lot of like larger actual business owner type of people, you know, I'm, I'm around a lot of people that own their job, I guess. Okay. Interesting. I've got uh, something to pop in with guys. One of the, the things that was super attractive to me on that first phone call was the fact that Jeff did have such an open mind. Um, I've got, uh, I've got a, a client that I help who's kind of can't get out of their own way and just stuck in this like repetitive loop with the same problem over and over again. And then, you know, basically getting to the point where like that individual, 
I'm not sure where they're at or if they're okay. <laughs> like I almost want to call in for like proof of life. Like they, they just dropped, dropped off the scene completely. Right. Um, and the cool thing about working with Jeff is like when we take these deep dives and we talk about these, um, these pivots that might or might not be necessary, he's always got an open mind about it. Um, and so that's, that's refreshing. I think it's really great. Love that. That's a, um, that's a combination of humility and confidence, right? It, it, it's that ability to say, I am open to information and ideas, and I am well aware I will be the guy making the ultimate decision. So mm. give me all you got, and I'll choose what I want. Wow. I love that. Yeah. love that. Matt, what about uh, what about for you? I mean, what as as you looked at as you looked at this engagement with with Jeff, looking back, would you have done anything different? Any uh, any learnings from you from the from the interaction? Yeah, I think um, of of all the uh, clients that I currently have and have helped, this one was and is so unique. Um, and I think just transparently, like kind of the most scary for me in the coaching position, because he's got, he's got a thing, you know, and like, without talking about numbers, uh, I don't remember if uh, Jeff, if you ever talked about numbers in your uh, podcast, so I'm not going to do it, but like, he's got a thing, you know, and, right. and he's able to like support a family with this thing. And so it's like, well, do I want to be the guy that comes in and cocks all that up? And, you know, it's like, hey, I've got great ideas and these things work for me. And it seems to be working for these other handful of businesses that I'm working with. But, you know, his is is unique in the fact that I know it's not unique in the broader um, spectrum of business. But like the fact that he's got the, the contract workers versus actual employees on top of doing all the things like there's um, it, it's it was a little it remains to be a little scarier for me. And so I just want to make sure that like every time that he and I talk, you know, I'm trying to bring actual wisdom and like, and not wisdom from my perspective, but like tangible things that he can take back. And I think D David was alluding to this earlier. It's like, Hey, do you have like a, it's like, Jeff, are you, do you have like a, a checklist of things that you're doing? And one of the things that Jeff and I worked on, you know, a couple of months ago was like, Hey, set dates, you know, in your, in your 80 hour work week schedule, set, set a day when you go talk to Bryce, you know, it's like, Hey, we're going to meet, we're going to have lunch on Wednesday, the 22nd, and we're going to knock this thing out. We're going to, I'm going to have this conversation. Right. And same thing with the, the CPA and bookkeeper, like those real, like fundamental, like tangible things that we can do right now to, to move the surfboard as David was saying earlier. Um, and so it's like, I'm a big idea guy, but like, man, there's stuff that like Jeff has to do and he has, he's got to do the doing right. And move this thing along. And this one was, um, and again, I'm just being transparent, like was a little scary just because there seems to be almost more on the line because of those major transitions that need to take place with both team and self just because of his circumstances. So I'll leave it there. Yeah. No, it's, and it's been cool. It's been cool. What what intrigues me about that, Matt, is I'm guessing your journey of change 
was similar in that you had something to lose when you mm -hmm. pivoted and started looking at something different. Yeah. Yeah. It was significant, you know, um, ex extraordinarily significant. And once I, once I started like coaching up, you know, I, I had, a not, not just uh Mike that I've coached with, but like another, uh, coach here locally in Indiana, you know, my wife's looking at me like, well, what's this all about? You know, again, it goes back to like, Hey, bills are getting paid. We've got some cash in the bank. Things feel good. And it's like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, my hair's falling out, you know, and what hair I have is on fire. You know what I'm saying? So like, um, getting that coach, getting grounded, decentralizing, getting, think, getting the business away from me, building that team, um, you know, giving ownership to that team to run and drive that business was even like worrisome for my wife initially. You know, she had questions. She's like, what, well, what's your intent here? And I'm not always the best at like uh, communicating. So <laughs> I, that's probably where a lot of that came from. But, you know, so then I, I'd come back and say, well, you know, geez, I'm, I'm working on an exit worksheet. <laughs> and she's like, well, what, what is that for? Well, it's for like when we sell the business someday, you know, it's like <laughs> thermonuclear, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, um, I got out of my house too. Yeah. 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 So, uh, what, why are we all employees? What? That's going to cost a ton of money. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it's so, it's so tricky, man, to find that balance. I feel like I went down a bunny hole. I'm sorry, Mike. I'm not sure if I, if I answered the question or not, but, um, yeah, it, it's been, uh, it's been good on my end too. And, and hopefully, uh, you know, Jeff and I can continue to work together and, uh, reap the rewards and the results that he wants as well. Wonderful guys. I, I just, I love the, the progress. I love the engagement, the authentic engagement, right? This isn't the, here's my seven steps to what you call it. And mm. we're on step three and I'm pushing him to step four. You guys are doing this mm. and I, I just love that. So thank you both. I don't know. And I'm obviously not super experienced with the whole creating the business thing, but I don't know that there is necessarily the 12 steps to success. You know, everybody's, everybody's kind of in the trenches and everybody's difference. Every, every business is different. So it's like, you know, it's just kind of a muddy mess. Sometimes I think he's getting on your way to the top sometimes. So. <laughs> Jeff, are you saying that success in business can't be distilled down to like a, a like Twitter thread with 12 points? Or anything? Oh, I mean, maybe it could. I don't <laughs> well, I've got a system to sell you, Jeff, for $9,999. Right, for, <laughs> show up to my workshop for yeah, exactly, bucks. exactly. 10 DVDs for $3.99. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, that's awesome, guys. What such great news. Uh, I'm glad to hear that everything's going so well. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped for Jeff. Me too. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Thank you both for coming and telling us, the catching us up. And uh, uh, we look forward to having you back in the future to, to continue the story. So Sounds thanks. Thanks, thanks very much, guys. See you later. See Appreciate y'all. All right. That was pretty awesome. How cool is that, David? Um, again, the, the authentic engagement that these two are having and the progress that's being made and, and recognizing that it's not without fear and without apprehension and without questions. And I just, I think that's so cool. Yeah. And, and, uh, I think 
one of the things that I really took from the conversation is be is earlier when um, when we had Jeff on to talk about his business, one of the themes was about how much he works. Right. And he's continuing to work, but now he's doing different kinds of work that That's are going right. to deliver different orders of value ultimately. So he's he's working on the system that makes his business go. And, and these are the things that are going to make it more valuable when the day comes. Like I can just imagine in 10 years time, and maybe there's a couple dozen employees and, you know, everyone scatters in the morning to the different job sites and everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing. And other people are like delivering, you know, materials to them. And other people are in the office doing the stuff there and, and it's all humming along. And, and Jeff calls in from Florida, you know, where he's on vacation and just make sure that nobody needs his, uh, his attention or any comments from anything. Boy, that's the dream, right? And I mean, how can you not support his motivation for doing this, which is, what did he say? I want to be able to know my kids' friends' names, right? And I want to be around enough yeah. to be able to be that engaged. And I just love that the, the work they're doing together is helping them get to that place of exit. Because let's face it, that is part of that exit process, is extracting yourself from the business so that you are ready to be ready to either own it forever or sell it tomorrow. That's amazing. And what if there's someone out there listening who thinks that they've got a small business story that uh, may be able to help others and, and, and they may be able to get some advice or guidance or coaching from us or one of our partners? They want to be the next Jeff. There must be a website out there that they would go to, David. The internet has these solutions, Mike. Uh, if they go to yourexitsquadguests.com, uh, they will find a simple to fill in form with some very basic information that will let us know a little bit about their story. And then we can reach out to them and invite them onto the show to be a guest if, that, if it makes sense for everybody. And for those of you out there who are kind of like Matt, who work with small business owners, regardless of the area of special specialization, and I want to make this clear, it's not just business coaches or anything like that, yep. any particular area of expertise, because as we move along, we're going to meet guests who have very specific kinds of problems in their business. And we're going to need That's some right. partners that are able to handle um, and give advice for those specific kinds of issues. And similarly, we have exit squad partners. That's where they're going to go. A short application to fill it, fill out, give us some information. And uh, we'd love to see you join us and, and be Matt on a future episode. Yep. And for, if you enjoyed the show and you want to make sure you don't miss one, if you head over to yourexitsquad.com, uh, that's going to take you to a place where you can sign up uh, and become a YouTube subscriber to the channel. And um, as well, if you're just listening on audio, um, hit subscribe, give us a rating, give us a review on whatever podcasting app that you're using to listen today. Uh, and that'll help us become more discoverable by other people who might really benefit from hearing some of these stories. Great stuff, David. Thank you. Oh, and, and, and you know what? I don't think we ever give our full names, Mike Finger. David Barnett, That I, I think that's true. So there, there is an intro episode out there for those that are interested in learning a little bit more about our backgrounds and experience. But uh, you are right. We're just Mike and David here. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. And uh, we'll see you all next time. Take care.